A weekend brought more trade rumors for the Sabres, some that you might have expected and some that you wouldn't have. That's coming up here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app, use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. A new week means more trade rumors for the Buffalo Sabres. We'll get to them. I've got one rumor that you're not going to be that surprised by but is worth talking about and another one that is completely out of left field that I don't think is going to happen but it's worth talking about in the second segment of today's show why the hell is Alex Tuck's name popping up in an Elliot Friedman report on 32 thoughts we'll get to that and I also want to take a deep dive or a little bit of a dive at least into Ukapeka Lukanen's workload as of late because he is really starting to pile on the games and it's worth talking about what his role is for the rest of the season. And I want to talk about Devin Levi and whether he's going to get another opportunity here to get going in the net. We'll see. That's coming up here on the show. Check us out on our text line. You can go to joinsubtext.com slash locked on sabers. You can become a sortie today by going there. Pop into the group chat. Let me know your favorite trade rumor. Let me know about how mad you are about the team. We'll do that, I'm sure, tomorrow during Sabres and Kings, which has a 7 o'clock puck drop at Key Bank Center. As the Sabres have two more games here at home. Tuesday against L.A., Thursday against Florida. Saturday, they go to Minnesota. That's what your week looks like for the Buffalo Sabres as they sit 12 points out of a playoff spot going into the week. They are pretty much dead and you know what the worst part of that is we know how this works there are a lot of saber fans that are also giant football fans and now that the football season is over a lot of fans they get a little bit of an increased bandwidth for things to pay attention to that's not just you know not everybody can focus on five sports at the same time so football ends, and you might want to go, okay, let's see what the what's going on over here in a hockey. Le- Ooh, don't like that. 12 points out. It's the worst part. The worst part about this drought is so often, my attention too, like I, I of course, focus on the Sabres a lot in the fall and into the winter. But once football's out, like decks are cleared, I want to go all in on hockey. I want to go all in on my fantasy hockey team, on the Sabres, on the on the races in both conference conferences, the other teams in the league. You know, I got more time freed up. Less sp- thoughts on, you know, is Kirk Cousins a franchise quarterback? And more on, hey, what's, uh, look, the Seattle Kraken are good this year. How are Vancouver first in their conference? And for the Sabres, here we are in February. Again, this has become a regular occurrence, really, other than last season. Where football season ends, oh, what's going on over here? And they stink again. And they're not even in a real race. And that's basically where the Sabres are right now. 12 points out, it's not a real race. They're, they're just, they've given you no sign that they're going to get into one either. Back-to-back losses. They lost to St. Louis over the weekend. Pretty uneventful game. 
The only goal that went in, the Blues scored on themselves. Oposo got credit for it. It's 10th of the year. Lukanen, I thought, played pretty well. Um, ADC, front of the country. It's another game, by the way, Kids Day, where Saturday matinee, Kids Day, you got Sabretooth's birthday, all these activities and events that are going on. Pretty cool. Sabretooth did a great job putting on that event. And they fill up the building, you know, as much as they can for a team this bad. And what was the outstanding? It was 16,700. Pretty close to a 19,000 sellout. And what do you get? What do you get for the on-ice product? Nothing. Nothing worth coming back for. That's the most troublesome thing about this year that we've talked about. I don't need to belabor it too much, but we've talked about it. They finally started to win some fans back last year. And that goodwill that they built up They've pretty much undone immediately during this season where I'm, if I'm a fan that took my kids to that game on Saturday and that's the product that I came away with, how likely am I to come back? How likely am I to buy tickets again? Not, not very likely if you ask me. Trade rumors from the weekend. Elliot Friedman, as he is uh, known to do, throwing out some rumors, throwing out some reports. One of the most plugged-in guys in the league. He had a couple of thoughts and a couple of, I should say, reports on the Sabres. Uh, excuse me. One of them is from Friedman. The first one is not. I'm going to get proper credit here. Sean Hutchin from the fourth period, reputable website covering the NHL, reports that the Boston Bruins may have interest in both Kyle Ocposo and Zemgis Gergensens, both of whom are playing on expiring contracts and are eligible to become unrestricted free agents on July 1st. I wonder what the Sabres could get if they found a team like Boston here that would be interested in both guys. I don't think they're all that worth that much, but I don't think fifth-round picks, sixth-round picks, seventh-round picks are worth anything in the NHL. So. If you could find a team that wants both, and I looked at Boston's lineup, their bottom six is not that great. Their bottom six consists of guys that are betweeners, AHL, NHL. I could totally see these guys going there. And maybe you could pull a third back for both. You go for one pick for two players instead of two picks, and maybe you get a little bit higher. That's what I would shoot for if I'm the Sabres. I just wanted to bring this report up because the interesting thing about those two is not the. It's not the, you know, the value that you're going to bring back. I kind of want to think about Gergensen's for this. Because I had, my brother was joking around, or was it my, uh, it was my brother, that just joking around. They'll never make the playoffs as long as Zemgus Gergensen's is. It's a rule. They're not allowed to make the playoffs as long as Zemgus is on the team. And we all like Zemgus, right? Like, he's been here a long time. He just turned 30 years old, by the way. He amazingly was still in his 20s when this season began. And I'll always point out the way to look at how long Zemgis Gergensen has been on this team is he played with Henrik Talinder. That's how long he's been on this team. It's been a decade that this guy has been here. Jeff Skinner, most games played all time without a playoff game. Second is Rasmus Ristolainen. Third on that list is Zemgis Jurgensen's most games played without a playoff game. He was a first-round pick. We thought he was the future captain. We all thought Jurgensen was going to be the captain. We thought he was going to be 
the perfect third line center behind Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart. Tim Murray once called him untouchable. He wasn't even Murray's draft pick. He was a Darcy draft pick before that. And Murray once called him untouchable. And he made an all-star game in his second year. I know that was mostly because just fans back home voted for him. But what a weird career if this ends up being it. If we're in the final month of Zemgis as a Buffalo Sabres, and I would and I, I would probably predict that we are. I think he's going to get moved at the deadline. What a strange Sabre career that began with such high hopes that were not realized. No one really dislikes him for it. A lot of times, players that fall short of expectation to that degree don't have the 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 blessing of the fans and he's just kind of existed here all along and it's been like yeah okay I mean he's no one's favorite but just kind of a strange career also some interesting anomalies with his stat line in the last four years the guy has like 20 assists and 40 goals 30 some goals weird statistical guy where just there's not this year He's played 33 games. He hasn't played the whole season. Zero assists. It's like hard to do, even as a forward. They'd have zero assists. So I think he'll be a good playoff player. I mean, he'll be... I've always imagined him on Tampa for some reason, but I guess Boston makes sense too. He'll go to some contender, and he'll play in the fourth line, and he'll be perfect. I, I think Zemgus is not a great hockey player, but he's a valuable third, fourth liner, ideally fourth liner, on a really good team. He's the type of fourth liner I would want because what I would want is speed. I don't like the Ryan Reeveses of the world, the guys that just cannot move on the bottom of my depth chart. Zemgus is a great skater. He always has been. He doesn't have a lot of uh, – he hasn't really, I think, developed skills otherwise, but I just wanted to talk about him for a second because we don't often – for, what, five years? The show's been going on for five years. He's just existed. It's so strange. Uh, if you're a Bills fan, he reminds me of Shaq Lawson in that way. We're like, first round pick once upon a time. This guy's still here, and we don't really ever talk about him. He's not really, I don't even know what to call him a bust. He's not that polarizing. Good for Zemgis if he ends up landing on a contender and uh, gets a chance at a Stanley Cup because, you know, the dude's put in the work 10 years to this organization. Um, so we'll see where he ends up going. When we come back, why is Alex Tuck's name in a trade rumor? I'll explain and tell you what the report is when we come back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are presented by Sleeper. Past the halfway point of the season, not going well. 12 points out of the playoffs, not fun. But regardless of where we're at in the standings, I want to remind you, you can win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked on NHL Network. Sleeper, our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. Check it out. All you got to do, pick weather studs like on the Sabres. Tage, Skinner, Tuck, other teams, McDavid, Ovechkin, Crosby will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, shots, saves, plus, minus, or more in a given game. And to win 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. But if you do that, 100 times your bet 
100 times your money. Play daily fantasy hockey with sleepers. So start paying attention. Nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use the promo code Locked On NHL. You're going to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code Locked On NHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. Back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Sabres and Kings, Tuesday night at Key Bank Center, 7 o'clock puck drop. All right. Why in the world are teams calling about Alex Tuck? Here is the report that we had from Elliot Friedman, 32 Thoughts. This is the Friedman report from the weekend, not Gergensen's or Poso. Friedman says some teams asked Buffalo about Alex Tuck, and Buffalo said, we're not doing that. Isn't it, though, at least a little interesting that teams think the Sabres are in sell mode right now? What I might think is happening, I want to I take this Tuck report and believe they're not moving him. There's no world in which they'll move him. Why would that make any sense? He's 27 years old. He's on an, an amazing contract. He is one of the few guys in the league that you could convince to come here because he's from the area. He's a good player. He actually has really rebounded from a really bad start to the season, where now he's at a 44 games played and. His pace, I mean, 14 goals, 20 assists. He's on about a 27-goal pace and about a 63-point pace, 65-point pace. And that's that's good for Alex Tuck. I mean, that's regression from last year, but I told you that was going to happen. He was never going to be 36 goals for his career, never going to be 80 points every year. Tuck has rebounded, and he's done that, by the way, without Tage Thompson really progressing. Thompson has not really seen a stark increase in his production, but Tuck has seen that gone up. So, valuable piece. There's no reason to move him off the roster unless Tuck has gave them an indication that he would like to leave. And why would anybody want to believe that? I mean, I've, I wonder about his, I don't want to say attitude, I wonder about his happiness. That does not, by the way, always have to mean he wants out. I mean, of course, the players in that room are not happy, right? Doesn't mean they all want out. Tuck, though, what's different about Tuck than the middle stats, the Dalines, the Paterkas, the, even the Skinners, who's been in the league for so long. Tuck's had a taste of winning. Tuck has, of anybody, more than a Poso. More than, is there anybody on the team like this? I don't think there is. Tuck's been to the finals. Tuck came from Vegas. He went to Vegas, and for four years, the dude just won. He's played 66 playoff games in his career. That, I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Is that more than the rest of the Sabres combined? It probably is. I don't think Poso has that many games by, by any means because of the Islanders. And who else on the Sabres? Uh, Eric Johnson, I guess, would be an answer. But of the core pieces, he's got more than the rest of them combined by far. Tuck's tasted winning. He knows what it takes. He knows what it takes to get to the finals, to make deep runs. And then he got here, and he's got to know this is not what it looks like. There's problems. There's holes in the roster. So that's not me saying he wants out. If I were another GM, though, this is the vultures swarming. It's, I know that guy's, if I'm the GM of 
Vancouver. I'm saying to my assistants and my scouts, hey, go call Buffalo about Tuck. He's from there, so I don't think we're going to get anywhere. But that guy's played in the finals, and now he's playing in front of half-empty buildings, 12 points out of the playoffs. Just see. Just see. Vultures are swarming. That's what's happening right now. The Sabres seem like a team you could pick apart because of unhappiness and because of the fan attitude. Desperation, you might think. And let's be honest. Other GMs probably think Kevin Adams is a GM you could take advantage of. And mm, that's not necessarily proven true to this point, I don't think. He doesn't make enough deals to see that through. But Adams' resume, I mean, this is why he's got maybe got to be careful. Because if I'm a veteran GM in the league, I might think that's a guy that I could take that I could that I could go after, that I could take advantage of. So that's why I think teams are probably calling about Alex Tuck. But there's no chance. Zero, 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 zero percent chance about Alex Tuck. So I don't know why that's out there. I guess this is this is it, right? If if Friedman is saying the Sabres are saying that's not happening, then I'm imagining this is the last time we're gonna say it for the rest of the year. Tuck has two years left on his deal, by the way, at $4.75 million. So at 29 years old in two years, when he'll be up, I'm assuming the Sabres will still want to re-sign him to a deal. Um, hopefully by then, man, the playoffs, the playoff drops over. You want Tuck on a good team. You want Tuck on a playoff team. He's a playoff type of player, man. And I don't blame other teams for calling, but Come on, get out of here. It's insulting to think the Sabres would even move him. When we come back, let's look at the goalie situation. Just a check-in. Looks like Lukanen's going to play again on Tuesday. It's getting pretty wild, the amount of work that he's getting between the pipes. We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. The big game is through, but you've got hockey Baseball's not too far away, but you got hockey and you got basketball. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. It's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams. My Denver Nuggets, check them out. The Joker, quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and plenty more. Just visit. FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen. Your next one should be Locked On Sports today. The first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube that is now available on Amazon Fire TV. Find the Lockdown Sports Today channel on Amazon Fire TV. Check it out. They'll be spending plenty of time reacting to Kansas City and San Francisco over the next couple of days, I'm sure. All right. Sabres and Kings, Tuesday night. Ukapeka Lukanen going to start again. Lukanen has now, will now, after this game, will have played 10 of 11. Devin Levi has played one game for the Sabres going back to January 9th in the last month of Buffalo Sabres hockey. We've seen one game where Ukapekalukkanen was not between the pipes. Eric Comrie, who, by the way, has been backing up for Lukanen while Levi's been down in Rochester getting some games under his belt. Comrie has not played since December 5th. So it has been two months since... 
We've seen Eric Comrie between the pipes. By the way, if you are interested in how Levi is doing down in Rochester, he's doing pretty well. To be fair, take it with a grain of salt for me because I'm not watching these games day to day. All I can do is look at the stat line, and I can tell you that in seven games for the Amherst, we're looking at a 3-2-2 record, but a 9-12 save percentage, which is a very nice save percentage for Levi, even all it being down at the AHL level. So Levi's getting his reps, you know, got to further that development as much as possible. Comrie's up here backing up anyway. Who cares? Lukanen, meanwhile, continues to get a lot of the work. I'm very curious to see how they treat this from here till the end of the year. And maybe we'll get some indication of what the, their future plan is in that. Whether Lukanen for next year can be trusted enough to be the legit number one, or if eventually they want to work Levi back in to see if he can take a step up in workload for next year. But I don't know that you want to go into the offseason without getting more of a taste of Levi at the NHL level. Levi on the season has only, I mean, remember we were talking about him in the offseason playing 50 games. He's played, he started 19 this year for the Sabres. Maybe they want to get that number to around 30. And they're now entering a phase of the season where they're out. And you've seen some reporters imply they're going to start calling kids up. Maybe by deadline time. Yuri Kulik is going to eventually get up on this team and start playing minutes to see how close to NHL ready he is or just to see if he's NHL ready right now. Maybe the same goes for Isaac Roseanne. Maybe the same goes for Devin Levi. I mean, I don't know what you do there because Lukanen has earned the workload. He's been the best of the three. But, and at the same time, you have a timeline on him too. He's a restricted free agent at the end of the year. I think you play, you got you got to see both. You got to see both guys. There's a finding out phase of the season coming up in goal, I think, for both players. Lukanen, because he's got a contract coming up that you've got to decide what you want to do there. And Levi, because if you decide we can't trust Lukanen, we don't want Lukanen to be the, uh, the number one, we trust him that much. He's been good, but has he been that good to where we're in, this guy's going to play 50-plus games next year, too, when we're trying to make the playoffs again, where, by all accounts, here come the moves, right? Here comes that ideal. I think it's 12 months too late, but the idea, it's out there in the media a lot now that Kevin Adams is looking for win now. He's looking for pieces to help them win. And Lukanen's got a higher bar to clear because of that. He's got to be better than just taking improvement. And this year, he's been about the 25th best goaltender in hockey. Is that good enough? It might be. I think it's debatable one way or the other. I want to find out about Lucan as much as possible, but I do think you got to find out about Levi too. So what I think they end up doing, if you're wondering about the goalie rotation going forward, they don't have back-to-back games for three more weeks. That is a big stretch of games. Um, We're talking like nine games until their next back-to-back set. Lukanen might play all nine of those. Then you have two sets of back-to-backs within a week 
And I think that's your opportunity to start to work Levi back in. So I think the way this goalie situation should play out in order to find out about both guys by the end of the season to get more information, you go looking in for the rest of February, and then you get to March 2nd and 3rd, back-to-back at home against Vegas and Winnipeg, and then the next Wednesday, Thursday, Toronto, Nashville, back-to-back on the road. You use those two sets of back-to-backs as a opportunity to work Devin Levi back into the Buffalo rotation. Let him get his games in Rochester. He gets back into the Buffalo rotation. And we see if Levi can reassert himself from what he was at the end of last year and the beginning of this year. Levi played all the important games down the stretch at the end of last year. When the Sabres told you, by not playing UPL, not dressing him as the backup, as recently as 10 months ago, the Sabres did not trust Uka Pekalukunen. They told you that by their actions. They did trust Devin Levi. And then they came into this year believing and trusting in Devin Levi as he played the first four games of the season. Then he got an injury, and he never really worked his way back into the rotation as the number one. I wonder if they want to try that one more time before season's end. Hey, we thought Levi was going to be the number one. We thought this was a special case of a 21-year-old goaltender that is different from the other 21 goaltenders of the last 10 years in the rest of the of the teams. We're not going to go to the end of the season without finding we're not finding out one more time if that is in there. I think they're going to see it. I think they're going to try to see it at least one more time and I think there is a chance the way this could play out if Lukanen continues to raise his stock, to raise his value as he plays well, if Levi gets that shot, and I think he will, and he performs and gives them some confidence in the next year, I think Levi could make it, he could play the Sabres into a plan of Levi and a more well-rounded, established, and solid veteran than Lukanen. And they sell high on Lukanen. That's where I'm at right now with goalie. Trying to piece a lot of things together. I think it's curious the amount of work Lukanen's gotten, but I do think it's not going to look like this for the rest of the season. Even if he plays well, I don't think it's going to look like this for the rest of the season. All right. If that makes sense, or if you disagree with it, let me know what you think. Go to joinsubtext.com slash locked on sabers. Become a part of our group chat, our text line today. We'll have updates on uh, Tuesday's game before the game on the text line if you're interested. And yeah, we'll uh, I'm sure be mad on the text line when the Sabres are getting beat down by LA uh, tomorrow night. Maybe not. They just beat the Kings. The Kings have been pretty bad lately as well. Maybe this is a chance for the Sabres to get back in action before Thursday night. Thursday night, where second leading goal scorer in the NHL, Sam Reinhart, uh, returns to town. Thanks for listening today to the Lockdown Sabres podcast, making us your first listen every day. We'll talk to you tomorrow, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.